Hi, and welcome back to Life in All Chapters. I'm Brandi Tabor. And I'm Amanda Henson. Today on our podcast, we are going to be, as previously announced, discussing old versus young and respecting our age spectrum. And what does that mean? Basically, when I wrote this down, I thought... I had a situation that day, because I remember specifically, because it was random. I had a situation that day, and I thought... I had a patient that was older come in with a much younger great-grandchild. I think great-grand... I don't remember. Anyway, so we were talking, and a comment was made by the younger party that older people didn't know what they were talking about. Mm. And it kind of stuck with me, because I thought... I hear that all the time, and I used to have, I'm, I'm not going to, there used to be this one person in my life on a regular basis that used to drive me nuts making comments about how older people shouldn't have so much money spent on their health care and things like that. It was, and it would drive me nuts, and I just kind of let it roll off my back because this person didn't hold any weight in my life or in any position to change anything about that for older people. So I tried to advise and connect with the person to help them see a different way, but it didn't work. So anyway, this this is a topic that I, I'm a geriatric nurse practitioner. I do adult and geriatrics. What that means is I see 13 and up. I try to stick to 18 and up, but the older population is my forte. So I specialize in the much older. So when I think of my older people in my life, and of course, these what we're talking about today is nothing but opinions. We didn't research this. We're just talking about our opinion on this topic. And our personal experience, not, exactly. not like a big research demographic. Right. Yeah, so anything we mention is probably just pulled right out of a hat. Or a bucket, literally. Literally. <laughs> but I do have some experience in this area, and I hold it dear to my heart. And it really bothers me when our older population is disrespected and that we dismiss them. But here recently, recently in my life, I've also seen the other end of our age spectrum get disregarded and disrespected too. Yeah, they're just a kid. They don't know what they're talking about. Right. And we forget how hard it is. And I am just as guilty. And if you ask either one of my teenagers... They will tell you that I am just as guilty at forgetting how hard it is to find your place in this world as a young adult, as a preteen, or even as a much younger person, especially they're maturing way faster than our parents did, our grandparents, and even us. Yeah. So, but it's, it's hard to remember how hard that life is, and you don't really know how hard it is to be 80 until you get there. Yeah. You know? So that's why I threw this topic in the bucket. Well, I think it's a good topic. Yeah. You know, I think uh, we all have that experience. I saw we all a, age. Yes. When I saw a joke the other day, and that's all it was, was a joke, but it was it was more real than you would have thought because it was something about, excuse me, I've never been this age before. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've never been an adult. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, we think because they're 30, maybe they should have their shit together, but maybe they don't. Right. You know, and I'm 41. I do not have my shit together. Well, you know, I think it was probably my late 20s, about the time TJ and I got married, that I started this new concept in my mind and realized that my parents 
didn't know shit. No. <laughs> I love you, Mom and Dad, Laura and Tom, but you're just human. You're trying to do the best you can. I said once in a podcast before that we're all beautifully damaged and wonderfully made, but we are all damaged, and we are also all brought here without a manual to tell us how to live. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't think... Uh, we were very blessed, I think, in a lot of ways, because our parents never... We were never neglected. Our parents were never just completely Blatantly. without regard for us. Right. You know, that, that I do feel like we were always on their mind. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I feel like we were... But I, mean, I know not everybody has that experience, but we, we were lucky in that. I, I mm -hmm. feel like we were we were kept in mind. Not to say we didn't ever get that, you don't know what you're talking about, crap. Right. And not that we didn't ever give our parents or our grandparents. I it's just almost like a rite of passage. Yes, I distinctly recall thinking about how Grandma didn't know shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. What a Grandma must have been lecturing me about something. I don't know why something. a curfew is so important. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. I. It does It does go to, like, okay, so take, take your age maybe by a decade. Yeah. You know, so, well, not even, probably every few years you have a growing change that causes a shift in your psychological, spiritual, physical well-being, right? Po highly all. possibly, yeah. I mean. So you take an infant who has basic needs expressed, needs for that, right? But you take a child who is very imaginative up until they're probably... 12, sometimes much older, depending on their lifestyle and their upbringing. They're very imaginative, and we talked about getting back to your inner child and how that's such a healing process to regain your imagination. So we can agree that we need to respect that, and we need to respect that portion of our life, not just in our children or our friends friends or our nieces and our nephews grandchildren but also who we were when we were that age right and then you take your preteen who's struggling with possibly fluctuations in hormones especially nowadays and what those experiences mean and where they're growing and how they're learning and identifying themselves in their group of friends and their peers and settings, peers. Then you take the teenagers who we always cringe when we think about teenagers and raising them. But the beauty of having a teenager in your life is one, they're going to put you in check. They're going to call you out on your BS yeah. and say, this isn't fair. You're not being fair. Even when you think you are, they're going to put you in check. And they're going to make you think about yourself, and they're going to be blunt. Oh, yeah. Or they're going to withdraw, and you're not going to know what to do with them. <laughs> but respect that era because they're growing, they're changing, they're trying to find their place in this world. But they have this perfect, perfect opportunity if we embrace that. If we can do that for the people in our lives that are in that phase in their life. If we can embrace that with them. We can teach them that you don't have to be any specific person. Like, no. we're taught you can be anything you want to be, but nobody tells you you can be everything. Nobody reminds you that you can change your life every single day and that you can be a different person every single day. And as a teenager, that's what they're doing. They may be doing it in phases. Yes, and 
and embrace all the different phases they have versus, oh, it's just a phase and blowing off what they're interested in. Encourage them to explore new and different things. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're phases. I still go through phases. I'm 41. Yeah. I will re- get really super into something, like it's the best thing I've ever heard of. And then drop and then, it like a yeah. hot potato. And then I'll get really excited about something else. I mean, that's, I don't ever want to lose that. I hope I'm doing that when I'm 70 years old. I think we should. And that's why that respecting that era, that age group, that demographic, and our past in that era is so important because we can't reteach ourselves. We can't experience that, but we can teach our children. You can be anybody and you can be somebody different every single day. Oh, yeah. As long as it's healthy and maintained. Well, yeah, you know? yes. I mean, yeah. so going from one extreme to the other when there's a mental health disorder, that might be a no, but that's story, not, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. We're at talking, all. About, I'm talking just about normal. General, yeah, just yeah, just general. Today I want to be a painter, so I'm yeah. going to paint, and I may paint for two weeks and find out I suck at it. Yeah, but I enjoyed it or I tried it, and then I move on with yeah. something else. Oh, I'd really like to learn how to play tennis, mm-hmm. or maybe I want to play D and D, or I mean, I encourage. You know, I have a teenager in the house. I uh-huh. encourage that kid to try anything. I actually just told her to quit her job yesterday. I made her quit her job. <laughs> So, well, I didn't make her, but I strongly encouraged it. Because I feel like we have to encourage our kids to do what's best for them, even when society tells them not to do those things. Right. You know, because, first of all, you do you encourage your kids to do impulsive things when it's healthy. Right. And also when you're there to still catch them. Exactly. Because when they're 40, you may not be there to catch them. But, you know, when they're 16, 17, you can still, you know, have their back. So... I, I think that that's, if, and if we look at the labor force right now, it can be very abusive both directions. Employees oh, yeah. can abuse it, employers can abuse it, and we all know my opinion on the workforce in the United States anyway. Yeah. So the 40-hour work week should have been done away with a long time ago. We're not exactly. healthy in this lifestyle. Well, and but hers, that's a whole different topic. And hers, I mean, they, her employer didn't really do anything wrong. They just kept scheduling her an hour and a half into the shift. They'd say, well, we're overstaffed. We don't, we don't have enough going on. Why don't you go ahead and go home? Lack of respect for her time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And for her to drive all the way to work for an hour and a half of pay was just not feasible. When gas prices are over $5 a gallon. Exactly. So yeah. I just told her, I said, they obviously don't need you. To yeah. offer to give them two weeks, and if they don't need it, just quit. Yeah. So. And I think it's important to respect and guide our kids into doing this in a rational way, but also standing up for yourself. Yes, and, and like I said, I encouraged her to be respectful, mm-hmm. not to be blaming, or but just a respectful way of, you're not respecting my time, therefore I'm not, no longer willing to give it to you. Right. You and know. that's perfect. Yeah, and that's you what know. she did. And I, I think they pretty much let her go. But then that's okay. That's their choice. They obviously didn't need her. They were sitting there home after two hours. Right. But I think that it added value to her life. It def- I mean, any experience like that where you can come out with a knowledge base that you are going to protect yourself better and know what to ask, what questions to ask next time you're doing an yes. interview, that's growth. It that's, is growth. That's part of that era. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm appreciative that they gave her that opportunity, mm-hmm. and I'm appreciative that things played out the way they did when she didn't need a full-time job. Right. So. Before she has a house and a family. And exactly, and bills to pay. Bills to and pay. while mommy's still paying for gas. <laughs> so. Right, exactly. Well, 
And then, so we'll jump into, so we talked about teenagers. So I feel like the 20s and 30s can be blended, but also separated. You know? I think so too. So I think that a lot of my interactions with people in their 20s, I'd say it's 50-50. Some of them are very, still very immature and have a lot of growing, I don't want to say immature, but inexperienced is probably the best word. Inexperienced and still have a lot of growing to do. But I meet some of these 20-year-olds and I am blown away at the level of accomplishment and the level of maturity. And some have exceeded where I was at at that age. And I think... What was wrong with me? I know. <laughs> I I either grew up way too fast when I look at some 20s and even 30-year-olds. Yeah, but that's... And then I look, look at some and I think, I partied way too hard. <laughs> but that's why we don't compare apples to oranges. That's true. We don't we, compare ourselves to other people. Your greatest competition is yourself. Right. So you, I don't want to compete. I mean, I think competition's healthy. Don't get me wrong, but... Overall, you know, there's a lot of things that I rocked by the time I was 25. And a lot of things that I was still a child. Yes. So, you know, it's that is what it is. I think my peak maturity was probably about 30, 32-ish sometime when we moved yeah. in Florida. I hit that moment where I thought... I realized that life wasn't all about me and what I wanted or what I demanded in life, that there were other people in my life. But I also realized that I was worth fighting for. The person I wanted to be, the person, the things that I wanted in life and knew how to get them, but also respect other people along the way. Well, and I think maybe you started respecting yourself along the way because... Probably more so than ever. You had a tendency to beat yourself up to accomplish your own goals. Oh, I still do, you but know, you, not as bad. No, but now you do it in a healthier manner. Yeah. But before, you know, you're not the kind of person that would step on anybody climbing a ladder, but you would absolutely step on your own feet. Mm hmm Because for whatever reason, you I know. think... All my life, I thought I had to start at the bottom and work my way up because of background, where we came from, the socioeconomic standings we were in. I felt like if I was going to make it to the top, I had to climb there. I couldn't just succeed and go from where I was at to a position of higher power, higher authority. And honestly, I'm almost 40 now, I'm still, so I'm still in my 30s. And it has taken me since that point to this point to realize that I don't want to be up there. Power is not what I'm looking for. Authority is not what I'm looking for. Happiness, contentment, joy, that is what I'm looking for. And it took, I'm almost 40 years old, so I have to respect that growth process that 20 and 30 year olds are going through because maybe they know this, maybe they don't. But society pushes us in this direction that success is defined by your career, is yeah. defined by your financial status, is defined by your authoritarian position or your power position of power. But that is not what success is. And I'm almost 40 years old and I just realized this. Well, I think... I think but that varies, I'm sure. It does vary, but I will say that when you're at the bottom of that ladder, Power and money, they all look really shiny. They're really shiny trophies way up there at the top. 
And I think that as you climb, you start to get a better view. Yeah. And then you look down and you see what you've left behind. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes those things look shinier. Yeah. The grass is greener. Yeah. And but I, if you water the grass, it stays green at all levels. Yeah. And I and I just think that, you know, maybe there's a little a little more happiness somewhere in the middle. And, a balance. And, you know, it, maybe it's more of a staircase than a ladder. Mm -hmm. Because I don't necessarily think we should just climb right through everything. Maybe we should, you know, take time and enjoy what's what's around us at that at that time, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm guilty of that, you know, just, just scrambling so hard to get to the next level. Well, look where I am. I can get here now. Mm -hmm. Why? <laughs> I mean, what's the hurry is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. it, I guess maybe that feeling of impending doom as you get like middle aged. I, yes. Well, and again, and I hate to keep blowing up society, but, and this is not just true in the United, this is several societies. We look at that point of middle age towards early retirement as like this plateau in life. You're not able to succeed anymore. You don't go to college. You don't do this. But that is in your head. You know, and I don't know who listens to this, but this is going to sound real freaking weird if you live in like California. Because only in the Midwest do people even think a 45 or 50 year old is old. Being, exactly. Like... Around here, if you're pregnant and you're like 32, people are like, oh my God, you're so old. You know what <laughs> but, The term geriatric pregnancy, I think, starts at 30. Yeah. 30, between 30 and 35. I'd have to look yeah, it up but, to be for sure. You know, there are a lot of places that people don't even start it. building their family until they're in their 30s. Mm -hmm. And around here, I mean, if you're 25 and still having kids, they're like, good grief, are you almost yeah, done? Yeah, come on, Grandma. Why yeah, are you still popping exactly. I mean, people just don't, I mean, it's just a different... It's a weird thing here in the Midwest that age is looked at on a different level than other places. And right. I don't know if it has something to do with socioeconomical backgrounds. I don't know if it has something to do with health care or lifespans. I haven't looked into the differences. I think it's multifactorial, just like most things are. But if you look at religion, I think you'll find a lot of that uh, uh, correlates which with... doesn't even make sense because people in the Bible live into like 900 you would think you would think here in the Bible belt we wouldn't look at 40 as such yeah. an old lady well but <laughs> you know if you we were in the Bible belt Christianity values the family household so if you're a young Christian woman once you maybe you go to college you finish college but you should be looking for a spouse in your 20s yeah. so that you can have children and build a family well, and, and it's, contribute to your Christian community, which there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, no, no. No, but this isn't a criticism of other... We're talking about clusters yes. of our nation, and the Midwest is the Bible Belt. Yes, and you know? there is absolutely nothing. If your life is to find a spouse and have kids and mm -hmm. settle down and live some quiet... That is fantastic. I want everyone to do exactly what and they want in life. there are people that can do it, have children young, yeah. whether that's as a teenager having an oops or a young 20-year-old woman, but there are also women that can do it in their 30s or 40s. And exactly. several women have proven they can do it in their 50s, 60s, and I want to say maybe 70s. I don't know what the oldest woman was that had children, but I would be interested to look at I would up. be. I'm, I I'm curious 70s. now. So Yeah. But no, I'm but sure you're right. Whatever age it is that you choose to do that. And the other thing is whatever age that you choose to pursue a career. Mm -hmm. 
I don't like to hear people not. I I switched. I've switched careers halfway through my life, probably. That's yeah. a lot of people are scared to do that. Why? I don't. I don't understand. I am petrified to do it because, and you know me, I've been trying to do this transition to more of a complementary, um, holistic uh, approach to healthcare, and that transition is very scary. Even though I'm still providing education interventions for wellness and managing disease or preventing it it's scary because one i'm an expert where i'm at now that's that's true people look at you and they hear what you have to say because you've been doing this for 25 years 20 20 something years and i go into another and i add a modality even though i've been doing traditional medicine and nursing for 20 plus years I haven't been doing the complementary and alternative practices and I tend to second-guess myself already in areas that I'm an expert in let alone a new area plus the income well well, the income is a huge that Mm -hmm. I get that because I like to pay my bills just like you do yeah no and I really enjoy wasting money on crap that I don't need I'm not even gonna lie about it I I like to spend money so I get financially, I think that it's exciting to do something that I don't know how to do. And the reason is because I get to learn something. Mm -hmm. I will say that I don't have the same experience as you because I'm not generally an expert in my field, per se. And I can imagine that going from being an expert that everyone looks to for answers. But you, you have been an expert in your field before. You worked in healthcare for years. That... I mean, I, I just, because, yeah, well, that's true. Just because the education level wasn't at the final, what, the terminal degree, which is where my degree's at, doesn't mean you weren't an expert. It just means that your level of education was different. That's all. Well, that's, but you, that is true. You had done that long enough to be an expert. You knew your job in and out. You could teach it. You could walk down the hall and smell the air and knew something wasn't right. Well, that's true. You know, that's so fair. you were an expert. And I would say that you were at the beginning of expert, if not already at the expert level for marketing. When you, le- you your job transitioned you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see because that's when what I'm doing now. Closed. We'll see because I got another job doing that. Yeah. So we'll see if it goes well. And it I will. hope so. It absolutely I'm excited. Will. And if you're not an expert, you're well on the way to that point. Well, you know, I learned something a long time ago from my little sister, and it's that I don't have to know everything. I just know where have to know where to find the answer. Or be willing to ask. Yes, and I also am willing to ask. Well, and let me I know you, where to find the answers. The secret is, the truth is, when I, Dr. Byer cringed one day. I was doing an interview with a, news, <laughs> a newspaper, and they asked me what I learned when I finished my master's degree, and it's nothing. <laughs> I learned that I know nothing. Not that I didn't learn anything, because each level of education, despite how I feel about our secondary education system and its lack of return on um, uh, investment, but we won't get into that today. But regardless of how I feel on its ROI not being good, there are benefits in each level of education I received. I got better and I learned things, but 
ultimately, what I learned as an expert is that I will never be a true expert in the eyes of most people. Because when we think expert, we think somebody that knows and has all the answers. I will never have all the answers. I am never going to know everything. And trust me, I am going to use my tools so that I can get the answer or at least give us some guidance so that we can go in the right direction. And that is an expert. There, I don't think that they're, okay, there might be somebody in this world that knows all the answers, but I've never met them. To one thing. Yeah. You know, but I doubt, I, 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 I seriously doubt it. I seriously doubt anybody knows everything. When you go talk to a doctor, when you go talk to a mechanic, when you go talk to... I don't know, rocket scientists, they don't know everything. They do know where to look to find the answers. They know who to ask. They know the formulas and the tools of their trade. And that's what makes you an expert is the ability to use the tools to solve the problem. Yeah, but you're never going to be an expert in everything. No, and actually I feel like as women, sometimes even if we are an expert in the field, we aren't looked at as an expert in the field because nobody sees an expert as a woman Nobody sees an expert as a middle-aged person. Everybody sees an expert as an old white guy. Do you want to know how sad that is? That, first off, if you look at our workforce, what, what is the majority? The majority of our employees are between the age of 40 and probably 65. I have no idea, but that sounds right. And I bet, I remember when the pandemic hit and I was looking at the high risks and we were looking at the demographics, and your demographics with the higher risks are in your middle-aged categories. So 50, 60, 70. They were the largest workforce, and these people are retiring out, which I also think reflects not just the pandemic and the current salary hiccups that everybody's having, but I think that these retirees coming out are boomers retiring is affecting our workforce too. Yeah. But they are the experts. They are the ones that are leaving us. They are, and now we're stuck where holding the bag. Like, yeah. where do we get this? So I do always try to learn. I learn something new every day, every single day, whether it's about some household chore or something. It is out harder in the world. to learn, though, and retain information than it used to be. That's true. It is, but I, I do still I still learn pretty well. Easier to focus and self discipline though. It is. And you know, I will say that I I just took a new job. I started this week. Most of the people that I work with now I believe are close to my age, but we have a lot of younger people and they really seem to know what they're doing. So, you know, I that makes me very happy. They seem like they know they seem like they've got it going on, they seem like they know what they're doing. Much more professional than your experience than my yes and I like I'm really happy that makes me very happy I I think about when I started in the medical field I was 17 and of course I didn't know a dang thing I and that reflected in the work performance that reflected in my you know showing up that reflected in a lot of things but I remember when I got my nursing license and as a 19 year old being in charge and going and assessing someone and they look at you and they say, you're too young for this. I, I need a different nurse. That was devastating. And it, it was very hurtful. And 
it didn't help that I had nurseitis too, you know, because you think you well, know yeah. everything because you got this degree. You you fail to realize that you got the basics. You don't really have the experience. Yeah, it, it's a, but but it yeah. is still hurtful regardless. And I still had the basic knowledge to grow on things. And I'm a very, I hope, intelligent person. I don't know, but I hope that I'm, and I think that I am. I'm very capable of identifying when something's not right and going through with a plan and reevaluating, which is what we do as nurses a lot. But it was very hurtful when people would dismiss me, including coworkers, especially coworkers. I feel like especially you kind coworkers. Of you can, it from patients, especially a patient that is not even much much older than you. I'm talking mm-hmm. about a patient that's not much older than you. If you had a patient, if you're 19 and you have a patient that's 40, they're like, yeah, what? I mean, how are you gonna help me? Well, and your response and your expectations from your patients is different than your peers and coworkers. And but sometimes it's their surprise. It's they don't even mean it to be disrespectful or dismissive mm-hmm. of you. It's just that they're sheer surprise mm-hmm. because when they were your age, maybe they weren't where you are. Yeah. Well, and you you also have the ongoing battle between nurses, aides, and nurses because a lot of aides, and I was one of those aides that felt like I could do better than the nurse in charge. Because I'd been doing my job for so long or whatever. But then I became a nurse and realized I I get why they did the things they did. Some of them. But I don't know. There just has to be some level of respect for the novice as well. Because your novice comes in with fresh eyes. They no longer, they don't, they don't have the shortcuts and the repetitive risky behavior. Yes. That a... Intermediate or an expert may have that they, they take the shortcuts or they they omit this because it's never really set well with them or whatever. So you take this novice and you take their education and you take their eagerness and their energy and you use and it to the advantage of the team. Impossible knowledge of scientific advancements. Exactly. You know that's better ask. Um, better resources. Yes. Faster resources. Yes, because. Uh, there are certain people that can't use computers. Not very well, anyway. Right. So, somebody that's much yeah, I remember much more educated training. in computers is obviously going to have an easier time, a faster time of coming across the same information that this person could access through books, papers, mm-hmm. you know, and I can pull all that up on my computer real quick and find the answer. But equal value should be given to our experts that may or may not be leaving our workforce, the 40, 50, 60-year-old age range, because they, too, can contribute the tried-and-true methods, the tried-and-true, the old-fashioned techniques that have been around forever, freezing a catheter when you don't have a coup day, you know, things like that. So you have to respect that. Absolutely, there's... There's, There's respect a, that can go around to every age group. Exactly. And I feel like we need to, as a whole society, learn to work better as a team, as a, as a unit to better everyone. I agree. I would like to talk about the older population a little bit, the, you know, our 80s and 90, and maybe even our centurions a little bit. Those are, those are some of my favorite people. Mine too. You know, this is... 
I think the oldest person I ever took care of would live to be 118. Best stories I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. And I miss her so much. So much. I remember her telling me about Alcatraz Island, the World's Fair that was on Alcatraz Island, the first time she saw nail polish, the first time she saw a car, the first time she played the piano, the first time she saw an accordion. She was a musician. Um, and she still played. Well, I think she was 108 when she quit playing her accordion because her bones hurt so bad. But she would play the piano every once in a while still. And stories about different times and eras. And it didn't dawn on me until... Have you watched Yellowstone? No. Oh my God, you got to watch it. But Yellowstone has the spinoff. 1893, I think, is the spinoff. I'm not really sure the year, but, it, you know. It... uh shows pioneers going across the U.S. Oh, nice. You know? And it dawned on me that I have taken care of patients that probably at a very young age, some at, you know, maybe five or six, you know, but at a young age, traveled across the United States with utter chaos in some areas of the U.S. and lived through that lived before there were cars, lived during the civil rights movement, lived while um, indigenous people were being pushed into boarding schools and forced into what Americans thought was the proper education. I have taken care of these people and some of them I still do. And they have so much history and rich knowledge, experiences that they can share if people will slow down and take the time to listen to them. That is true. And I don't feel I don't feel like we view these historical things as something we can get first hand knowledge of. Like Oh, that didn't happen in my lifetime. Exactly. So we just view it as like, well that yeah. you know, yeah, you read about it too, lady. No, you who lived it. Yeah. And it's it's invaluable. I mean you can And can't there even... will be some of our older population that say things that we don't agree with. Absolutely. That have different opinions, have different experiences that maybe they were the cause of some catastrophic catastrophic event or a turbulent event in our history's past, our country's past. But it doesn't dismiss their experience or the value you the can value take from their you experience can take from it is what I mean yeah I will say that that's something that I, I always say and people look at me like I'm hateful or or mean but not all people are good people mm -hmm. and that being said not all old people are good people right? sometimes horrible horrible wretched people live to be old and guess what? We're going to take care of them. Mm -hmm. And we should take care of them. The stories that you can gather from some... I've talked to women who admittedly... And you can come ask me. I won't remember their names nor where I heard their stories at. But women that admittedly threw infants in a river. Absolutely. Because they, didn't, they couldn't afford another mouth to feed. And it was that or get rid of a child that was able to help on a farm. You yeah. know, in men that had six or seven wives and I've taken care of multiple women that ran brothels. Oh yeah. I mean you know? people 
But their stories are amazing regardless of whether they go against our values or beliefs. And you can learn you from can, their mistakes. And you and it expands your world. Your world is uh, like a box that you mm-hmm. you can hold it in your hands, but if you if you have if you listen to all these other experiences, your world gets so much bigger. And you cannot cancel our culture. No. You cannot cancel our history no matter how hard you try to hide it to rewrite it whatever you cannot get rid of it well and, and i think that you're doing you a do, disservice when you do you're blinding us to history repeating itself and that's why it repeats itself if you don't watch and that's not even that's not even like some big conspiracy theory it's in your own life if i'm not careful on the path that i personally walk every day and the decisions that i personally make every single day my own personal history can come back repeat itself you can ruin your own life just like you could ruin the whole world. Like decisions matter. Yeah. And if you and if I try to just sweep under the rug anything I've done in the past, let's say I'm not proud of it. I can sweep it under the rug or I can remember it so that I don't take those same steps again. Exactly. And not only do we need to apply that in our own lives, but we need to look at the big picture. And sometimes these people are doing that for us. Like maybe they did some horrible act. Hear their regrets. Hear Let's it. hear what they have to say. Hear it and validate them. Mm-hmm. And don't dismiss them. You know, just because you're 90, I take care of several 90-year-olds that thrive better than most, several of my 50-year-olds. But you have to value them. And just because you're age doesn't mean you should be dismissed, especially from our medical profession. You know, I shouldn't... Now, your longevity is less than mine. You're 18 months older than me, ideally. Like, the older person would die sooner, right? So you look at an 80-year-old, you look at a 90, yes, their longevity is less than mine, but that doesn't give my life more value than theirs. Exactly. My life doesn't hold more value than an infant, but an infant doesn't hold more value than my life either, unless that infant holds a place in my family. Or is it in my immediate neighborhood, my immediate life? In which case, of course, because most people value young life over because it's innocent and yeah. needs protected. No, but so that I'm doesn't gonna, give them any right to to health care, for instance, over than, yours. Yeah, because we don't know what's. We just don't know. Should their health care be catered to their age? Yes. Absolutely. But just because you're 90 doesn't mean your health care shouldn't be catered to your age. Exactly. Either. It should be. You should. And just because you're 90 doesn't mean you can't undergo mm-hmm. some sort of surgery. Yeah. They're just like just because you're 40 doesn't mean you can. Right. There might be some underlying but, health problem that would keep me from being able to have some sort of life-saving surgery. Yeah. That a 90-year-old that was in better health than me could absolutely have. But... In my position, what I mean, what I said about a child's life is, in my position as a provider, I cannot value the child's life over the 90-year-old's life. You should That is not my place. No. It is your place as an individual to value the people in your life based on whatever your values are. But would I jump in front of a bullet for a nine-month-old and I don't have a clue who it belongs to? Absolutely. Yeah, but you would do the same but, thing for a 90-year-old. So. But I probably would. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you would. I definitely wouldn't shove him in front of it. No. <laughs> but I, there's so much value in every spectrum of our life, of our age, that we can gain and that we can learn from from other people, but also in our own lives. 
I was thinking about this on the way in because I was I was trying to remember what our topic was today. I couldn't remember it all. And I was talking to a patient today, and I had talked. You know, we were talking about holistic care, and you know how it was stress and tension, and we're holding a lot of tension in our shoulders and our hips and our pelvic muscles and everything. And I was sitting there, and I'm driving, and I'm like, okay, so holistically, we're all four elements: earth, wind, fire, water. And spirit, so fifth element, if you count spirit as an element. That was a great movie, so, too. <laughs> so you have all those elements. Regardless of your religion, we can all agree that we have a physical aspect, earth, that we have to have gas exchange, air, wind, that we have to have fire, which is possibly our electricity running through our body. The sun. The sun, right? The warmth of our body, we're internal temperature, Earth, wind, fire, water. We're, what, 90% water? Yep. Seven, some large percentage. The majority of our body is water. We cannot live without it, which is why they're constantly trying to find other planets that have water sustainable. And then spirit, right? So if you take all those elements throughout your lifetime and you feed them and you nourish them, and you acknowledge where the other people are in their life spectrum and gain the information you can from where they're at and value their experiences or lack of experiences in their imagination, you know. So there's so much out there. So I think this is a very valid topic. I think it's a valid topic, too. I've enjoyed it a lot. I have, too. I had a good time. I uh... And maybe it'll teach somebody to respect somebody else. Probably not, because we're all a bunch of jerks. Delish. We all think that we know everything. So, did you have anything you wanted to add? No. I think that was a very good podcast no, show. I think we, I think we can wrap it up. Okay. Do you think we should draw, or do you think we should surprise them with our next topic? Um, let's draw. Okay. Here we go. You pick. I'm gonna pick. This one. Is it mine Emotions and reflection. That's got to be mine. That sounds like you. That's it looks like me. your handwriting. All right. Well, then next time we'll talk about emotions and reflection and whatever that means. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Bye.